And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ. Comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This time, it's part two of The Great Gildersleeve, starring Hal Perry, from 1943. Then Dorothy McGuire recreates her film role of Helen, a mute, being terrorized by a serial killer in the spiral staircase on the Screen Director's Playhouse from 1949. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl. Well, did you enjoy the first portion of The Great Gildersleeve last time? I sure did, and I'm really loving the Halloween theme. Oh, yeah. So I think all of our listeners are, too. Halloween's my second favorite holiday. You know, so. you mentioned that last week, Carl. <laughs> I did. <laughs> all right, well, uh, it's time for the conclusion now to this uh, Haunted House episode of The Great Gildersleeve. Let's go back to May 16, 1943, for the conclusion. Now let's get back to Summerfield, where a picnic seems to be afoot. It's a lovely Saturday morning, and Leela Ransom, who proposed the idea, has promised to lead the way to an ideal spot, complete with Brooke. Come on, come on, Leroy, and watch that hook. Okay, Uncle Freddy, get ready to cook plenty of fish tonight. You've never tasted fish like I'm going to catch. No, and you ain't never caught them. Come on, Leroy, I told Mrs. Ransom I'd be over there at 11.30. I'll be right with you. Let me see now. Have I got everything? Fishing rod, real bait, hooks, bobber, come on, beanie, come on. stout knife, canteen, folding camp kit. Where's my camp kit? Leroy, we're only going for the afternoon. I know. Oh, here it is. Our spyglass compass. Compass. The place is only a mile from here. We can't get lost. Flash. I forgot my flashlight. Leroy, we will be back before supper. I know. I'd just like to take it. <laughs> mm -mm, that Leroy sure gets excited. He's going to burn himself out before he's 15. Yeah. What does he want to drag all that stuff along for? I'm late now. Mr. Gilsey, you sure you don't want me to pack nothing for you? No, Bertie. Mrs. Ransom said she wanted to make the lunch. Yes, sir. I just wondered, does she know your capacity? Huh? <laughs> well, I wouldn't worry much about that. You wouldn't want me to just wrap up a few pieces of chocolate cake. I uh, got one just fresh out the oven. You have, huh? Well, that sounds mighty good, Bertie. I might just call her up and ask her, huh? After all, you gotta have something to keep body and soul together. Yeah. Hello. Leela? Poogee. <laughs> I just called Le Huh? Oh, we will, Leela. We'll be right over. I'm just waiting for Leroy. He's gone to find a cut. Huh? Oh. Oh, I see. I guess I misunderstood, Leela. Oh, sure. Sure, I think it'd be nicer that way. Yeah, I'll fix it. Ooh, that's Leroy coming in on a wing and a prayer. <laughs> All set, Uncle. Let's go. Oh, uh, Leroy, I'm afraid there's been a little misunderstanding, my boy. It's my fault. I, uh, uh, you see, I thought you were invited. You mean I can't go with you? 
I can't go on the picnic? It's all my fault, my boy, and I'm sorry. Gosh, never even used my folding camp kit. I know, and I'll make it up to you, Leroy, some way. You see, Mrs. Ransom and I have a lot of things to talk over. You know, about uh, weddings and such. Yeah, Okay, Uncle, it's okay. I'll tell you what. Why don't you get piggy and go on a picnic of your own? Well, it's an idea. Leroy, you come with me. I'm going to fix you up a nice picnic lunch with all the things you like. Yeah, do that, Bertie. That'll be great. Huh, Leroy? Yes, sir. And ain't no grown-ups going to get none of that chocolate cake, neither. No matter how much they come begging around. Oh, now, Bertie, just one little piece. No, sir, not one. (laughs) Now, you go on out of here and leave me and Leroy alone. I'm going, Bertie. Bye, George. I envy you, Leroy. All that delicious cake. I wish I were going with you and Piggy. That's what I wish. I wish you were, too, Uncle. Have a good time. Gosh. Now, Leroy, it wasn't your uncle's fault. I know. I know whose fault it was. Invites you to a picnic and then changes her mind. What a character. I bet she's going to drag him out there and try to sell him that house again. Oh, my goodness. Don't worry. She won't get away with it. Martin, don't you want me to help you carry that heavy old basket? Why, this is nothing at all, Leela. I could carry it with my little finger. Well, don't try. There's a thermos bottle in it. Uh, oh, you don't mind if I stop in here for a minute at the drugstore? Oh, not at all. I'll get all freckly if I don't, and you wouldn't love me with freckles on my nose, would you, Rock Martin? Huh? <laughs> oh, hello, Mrs. Ransom. Morning, Mr. Peavy. And Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, quite a little gallery. Lovely day, isn't it, Mr. Peavy? It is indeed. Oh, I see you're carrying a picnic basket there, Mr. Gillespie. Yeah. Yeah, picnic basket. Going on a picnic? Yeah. <laughs> Peavy, you're positively psychic. Well, no, I, I wouldn't say that. Mrs. Peavy is the psychic member of the family. Mrs. Peavy is psychic? Off and on, yes. She has what is called second sight. Second sight? That stuff is a lot of bunk. Well, now, I don't know, Mr. Gildersleeve. Mrs. Peavy does some pretty strange things. She often sees things that are coming. Did she see you coming? (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Gildersleeve. (laughs) But I'll tell you, one experience of hers is pretty hard to explain. Mrs. Peavy had a dream one night. Everybody has dreams. I have them all the time. I know. Even cats have dreams. Uh, I wouldn't care to dispute you on that, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> but I was telling you about Mrs. Peavy. She dreamed one night that there was a very bad thunderstorm. Yes? Well, as a housewife, Mrs. Ransom, I don't have to tell you what a thunderstorm does to milk. Turns it sour. Exactly. I suppose the next morning you woke up and the milk was sour. No, stranger than that. The next morning the milkman delivered us a bottle of buttermilk by mistake. P.V., I wouldn't have believed it if you hadn't told me yourself. And that's not all. Uh? The night Mrs. P.V. dreamed about the thunderstorm, there was a thunderstorm. Oh, so she wasn't dreaming at all. That's what I say. There are a lot of things in this world you can't explain. <laughs> P.V., if you believe that, you believe anything. I suppose you believe in ghosts, too. Well, no, I wouldn't say that, but I... <laughs> I wouldn't say I don't, either. I suppose you believe this story about the old Burton place now being haunted. The Burton place haunted? Well, people have heard some strange things going on in there. Why, nonsense. Just because a man happens to murder his wife? What's strange about that? Murder? Uh, well, that was some years ago, Leela. Don't tell me you're superstitious, too. Oh, <laughs> 
gosh, not Throckmorton. Don't be silly. Well, shall we be going? Oh, yes. Let's get started. Oh, huh? gracious. I'm forgetting what I came in for. I'd like a job of your cucumber sunburn cream, please. Mm-hmm. All right, Mrs. Ramsey. But we've had a little more demand for that than we expected. We, we've just run out of it. Oh. You must have run out of second sight at the same time, Peavy. Goodbye. Goodbye, folks. Have a nice picnic. Oh, Lily, you're wonderful. You know, I never realized you were such a wonderful cook. Why, the only thing we had that was cooked, Throckmorton, was the hard-boiled eggs. I know, but they were wonderful. Well, I must say, I never saw a man put away so many. Are you sure you had enough? I couldn't eat another thing. Why, have you got some left over? (laughs) No. Oh. Well, what shall we do now? I'll tell you what, I'll race you down to the brook. Oh, Leela, race, I couldn't. I'll bet you can't catch me, Throckmorton. Oh, don't, Leela, I'm too full. Come back over here and lie down on the grass beside me. <laughs> All right, then. Right here, huh? <sighs> oh, this is nice. Look at those clouds up there. Aren't they beautiful? Uh-huh. <laughs> like little woolly lambs. Uh-huh. Throckmorton. Uh-huh. What are you... What are you thinking? I wish I'd eaten one less pickle. <laughs> oh, this is no time to be thinking about pickles. Isn't it gorgeous up here on this hill? Oh, yes, it is. And isn't it a gorgeous view? Yes, it is gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> and that little clump of trees down below there with a white house nestling among them. Gorgeous. Mm. Throckmorton, you know what? I believe that's the Burton house. Huh? Yeah, I guess it is. What do you say on our way home if we stop off and just peek into it? Now, Leela, you know what you said. I know, but we have to pass there anyway, just for a minute. But we couldn't see anything, Leela. The bo- the, it's all boarded up. Yes, I suppose it is. You know what? I believe... Wait till I look in my handbag. Yes, sir. Now, what do you think of that? What? I just happened to have a key to the house. Judge Hooker left it with me. Yeah? Now, isn't that a coincidence? <laughs> All right. Let's get it over with. Ross Martin? Yes, Leela? Come in here. Come see what I found. Oh? Where are you? In here. Yeah, look, somebody's broken in here, Leela. All this mess around. Now, wait a minute. Close your eyes. Why? I want this to be a surprise. Let me take your hand. Uh, no tricks, now. Mm. All right, open them. Now, this would be your den. It's like the House of Representatives to me. <laughs> Don't you like it? It's too big, Leela. The whole place is too big. Oh, but I think it has charm, Throckmorton. I think it has definite charm. Yeah, it has gloom, too. As dark as your hat in here. Well, the shutters are closed, silly. I know, but I like a place with plenty of light, Leela. I like a place where people are... Did, did you hear something just then? Sounded like something falling. Uh, Throckmorton, where did he do it? Where did... What? Do, what? Uh, Mr. Burton, where did he shoot Mrs. Burton? How do I know? I wasn't there. I mean, here. Oh, this time I know I heard something. Uh, now, Leela, don't get frightened. After all... You're with me. Oh, I wish we'd never come in here. Uh, I wish I'd... Listen, uh, it's in that closet. What? Whatever it is, it's in that closet. Yeah. <laughs> Take me out of here. Take me 
me out of here. Yeah, all right, Lena, but first I'm going to lock that thing in the closet. Oh, darling, don't. Oh, I'm not afraid. There. Oh, Throckmorton, come quickly, please. Never fear, my dear. As long as you're with me, you've got nothing to be afraid of. Shall we go? Oh, yes. I never want to come near this house again as long as I live. Yeah. Come on, Throckmorton, let's get away from this awful place. Leela, you stay here. Now that you're safe, I'm going back in the house. To leave me alone here? Oh, you'll be perfectly safe here. I'm going back there and find out what that was. Oh, Throckmorton, I wish you wouldn't. Remember, if anything happens, Judge Hooker has my will. Now be careful, you hear? I'll bet that kid was scared to death when he heard me lock the door. I bet he thought I was never coming back. All right, Leroy. You can come out now, Leroy. Leroy, come out of there. Leroy. It's empty. That's funny. Could have sworn it was Leroy. Sounded like Leroy. Oh, my goodness. Leroy! 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 Oh, what a character. Good night, everybody. Music heard on this program was on the direction of Claude Sweet. If you'd like to see pictures of the great Gildersleeve and some of the members of the cast, they're in the current issue of Radio Mirror. This is Ken Carpenter speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company and inviting you to listen in again next week for the further adventures of the great Gildersleeve. This program came to you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company. And that's The Great Gildersleeve from May 16, 1943, starring Hal Perry. And that was sponsored by Kraft, as heard on NBC. When we come back from the break, it's the Screen Director's Playhouse. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hey, fans of Classic Radio, Carl Amari here. I've created a free app just for you. Get 10 Classic Radio shows free in the Classic Radio Shows app. Plus, there are many more shows available for in-app purchase. You can get your free Classic Radio Shows app in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. The easiest way to get your free app is to log on to Hollywood360radio.com and scroll down to the Classic Radio Shows app banner and click either the Google link or the Apple link. Don't miss out. Get your free Classic Radio Shows app today. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360 across about 200 radio stations coast to coast. My team is here, Lisa Wolf, my co-host, and my executive producer, Mike Costella. And uh, we are going to listen to the Screen Director's Playhouse. But before that, I want to remind all of our listeners about Remind Magazine. I have a copy of the October issue in my hands. And uh, it's all about creature features, all kinds of scary monster movies like Halloween and Godzilla and the creature from the Black Lagoon, the Outer Limits TV series. It's all about creepy, scary, crawly things because it's the Halloween issue. And I wrote about my uh, meeting Hyman Brown, who created Inner Sanctum Mysteries and the CBS Radio Mystery Theater, because uh, I write a monthly column. There's a column in every issue called Radio 360, written by yours truly. And there's also 
our Hollywood 360 schedule in every issue of Remind Magazine. But it's filled with trivia and all kinds of games and you name it, it's in Remind Magazine. So do check it out. Go to their website, remindmagazine.com. That's remindmagazine.com. Or you can pick up a copy at any Walmart store or any Barnes & Noble store across the country. But I promise you will love Remind Magazine. You're also going to love the Screen Director's Playhouse. This is the Spiral Staircase from November 25th, 1949. It stars Dorothy McGuire. Also, you'll hear John Daner in this cast. Let's go back to 1949 for part one now of the Screen Director's Playhouse. From Hollywood, the Screen Director's Playhouse. Screen Director's Playhouse. Star, Dorothy McGuire. Production, Spiral Staircase. Director, Robert C. Altman. The Hollywood Screen Directors present a play on silent words. The motion picture drama, Spiral Staircase. Starring Dorothy McGuire in her original role of Helen. Helen, Sunday school is all right, but I wish they'd treat us like women. My God. Mm, they make us skip the book of Ruth and the Song of Songs, which is Solomon. Especially that. My golly, it's in the Bible. Oh, it's beautiful. My beloved spoke and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. What's wrong with that, I'd like to know? Oh, it's beautiful. And St. Elmo. What's wrong reading St. Elmo? Now, if you ask me, I think that the... My golly, a fire on Sunday? Yes. Let's follow it, Helen. Run! Helen, it's your house! There's Mother in the window! Mother! Daddy! Why, help me! It's no use! Oh, I'm going, I'm going inside! It's I'm... no oh, use, let me Helen. go! speak now. It's all over, my daughter. So hush. 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 From that day on, I was never able to speak again. Whenever I tried, I'd hear my mother's voice again. My mother who had died in the fire, saying, Hush, child. Hush. I could make people understand me with simple signs, a nod, a shake of my head, pad and pencil. Later, I left my hometown to take domestic work with the Warren family, Professor Albert Warren, his half-brother Stephen, and his stepmother, Mrs. Warren. It was all I wanted. Then, one Friday evening... I was coming home from the village where I'd gone to see that newfangled amusement motion pictures. 
It was a bleak November dusk, and there had been some mysterious excitement in town. Something quite terrible. I didn't know what. Ellen? Oh. Ellen, is that you in the road? Oh, Dr. Perry. It's the young doctor who likes me, I think. Ellen? Oh, what oh, is you? Nod and smile, Helen. As though you could speak, but choose to nod and smile as ladies do, by choice. Yeah, it's good to see you smile. Well, hop in, and I'll drive you right onto the Warren's gatehouse. Here, here's a hand. Yep, you go. Yep. Uh, yep, Gillen. Well, I've missed you, Helen. How have you been, Helen? Smile and nod. Good. Good. Oh, he's missed me, he says. It uh, wasn't a very nice thing happened in town on your day off. Oh, what was it, I wonder? Young woman, rather pretty young cripple, was murdered. You know that? Another one. And I, I'm telling you because I want you to be very careful about going out after nightfall, that's all. Oh, he's kind. Could he really like me? Now, now tell me, how much longer are you going to stay on at the Warrens? I know what he means. You know, you've got to make an effort to get back your voice, Helen. Oh, he mustn't. Oh, I know. Much rather I wouldn't talk about I it. I would rather. Not that there isn't a certain beauty and grace in your stillness. You're not mute. You're still, but somehow eloquent. Oh, I love him so. And everything you think is in your eyes, Helen. Good night, Helen. Be careful. Thunder. Hurry. Only a few more yards to the house. Rattle a stick on the picket fence. My kind of whistling in the dark. Crippled girl murdered. Why? Who? Faster. Faster. Run. Oh, oh it's you, Helen. <sighs> Professor Warren. He looks worried or angry. I'm glad you're here, Helen. Maybe you'll go up to see my stepmother. She's feeling worse again. Thank you, Helen. Thank you. That's the first portion of the Screen Director's Playhouse. More after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now back to the Screen Director's Playhouse. Where have you been, Helen? It's late. She never remembers my night out. Oh, put that eternal pencil and pad away. Never oh, mind. She, she doesn't mean to hurt. I hoped you were never coming back tonight. Why? What can she mean? Helen, run away. If you know what's good for you, run away. What's she saying? Leave this house tonight. Helen, mother. Oh, don't call me mother, Albert. The most shocking thing has happened in town. There's been another murder. Why, how would you know? Yes, how? How do you know, Albert? Well, the constable was just here. Very curious. I'm mentioning this in Helen's presence for good reasons. Every one of those murdered girls had some kind of affliction. Affliction? Yes, the servant girl had a bad scar. Second one was wrong in the head. This one limped. Albert, where is Stephen? Stephen? Has Stephen come in yet? Answer me. No. Why? Because... He... There's the 
Rain. He'll be drenched. That's why. I want Helen to be especially careful for the next few days. He's good, too. Kind and thoughtful and good. Helen, if you see anything at all outside this house that makes you suspicious, I want you to tell me. Yes, not yes. Thank you. I have some dictation to give Blanche on my book. Remember what I told you, Helen. And don't trust anyone. Helen, pack your things and leave. Leave? No. Why? Where? No. Shake your head off if you like, but leave tomorrow. Meanwhile, there's a gun in my dresser. No, I'm afraid of guns. Oh, stop shaking your head at me, girl. Stop contradicting me. You're in danger here. Do you want... It's an attack. Dr. Perry. Get me, Dr. Perry. Hurry. Stephen. Yes, Mother. I just got in. Drenched. His shoes coated with mud. Where's Dr. Perry? On the way, Mother. There's been another murder. Oh, has there? Oh, why didn't you stay in Paris? Don't you want me with you, Mother? Where were you tonight? If you must know... I must know, yes. She knows something. I, um... I was out walking with Blanche. No. Blanche, Professor Warren's secretary. They both... I think the professor will want to talk to you, Stephen. About the murder? Why, no, Stephen. About Blanche, his secretary. Very well, Mother. It's quiet now. We're waiting for Dr. Perry to arrive. Quiet now. But the professor and Stephen have had a dreadful quarrel about Blanche. She's very pretty and no afflictions. And so men quarrel over her. Stephen and the professor hate each other. And it's so terrible. Both, after all, had the same father. <gasps> Dr. Perry! You know, Dr. Perry, you look a little like my husband. Oh, really, Mrs. Warren? Yes. Was he kind, too? He had a Gentle and kind to girls. Man. With Would afflictions. I? Well, I'm flattered. Thank you. He always told me I wasn't as beautiful as his first wife, but that I was a much better shot. Oh. She has a gun in this very room. <laughs> yes, the beauty my husband admired was the beauty of strength and of character. And both of his sons were weaklings. Stephen and the professor. I'm weak, too. Afflicted. Dr. Perry, I, I, you love Helen. Mrs. Oh. Warren. If you love her, and I know you do, get her out of this house. Now, now you're upsetting yourself again. Get her out of this house while there's still time. Do you hear me? Do you? Do you? Do you? Helen. <laughs> Helen, Brandy, quickly. Brandy, Brandy. I've looked everywhere. None. None in the pantry. None in the closet. I'll run into the study to find Professor Warren. Brandy, Brandy. Write it out, Helen, will you? Yes, B-R-A-N-D. Brandy. Yes, Brandy, yes. I'll have to fetch a bottle from the cellar. Get Mrs. Oates out of the kitchen. Tell her to come with me and bring a candle. Hurry, girl. Mrs. Warren is resting again. Mrs. Oates is back in the kitchen in a stupor from the brandy she managed to steal when she went down into the wine cellar with Professor Warren. Blanche stays in her room. I wait in the parlor while Dr. Perry gives Professor Warren some instructions. Uh, Helen. Oh, Dr. Perry, looking so very tired. 
I I want to talk to you. Oh, you mustn't apologize. Here, here. Sit next to me here. Oh, he mustn't try to explain that it was Mrs. Warren and not he who said he loves me. I understand. I've been thinking things over, Helen. Mrs. Warren is right. He says Mrs. Warren is right. You should come away with me tonight. Oh, he does love me. Stay at my mother's house until I take you to Boston to see a specialist. Oh, afflicted. Uh, uh, Helen, the Fabers on Pepper Street have an out-of-town guest, Betty Lindstrom. Betty Lindstrom. She went to Sunday school with you years ago. Sunday school. Betty Lindstrom. She tells a story about a young girl walking home from Sunday school one day. No. When she wasn't far from home, she heard a fire engine rushing down the street. It was her own home, wrapped in flames, her mother and father trapped inside. She tried to scream. Scream, Helen. I can't. Scream. Can't. Try. I'm trying. Why? Trying. 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 Ah. Helen, you can speak. Speak. Helen. Helen, I'm sorry. I I was trying to help you. I know. He's so good. Uh, That must be for me, Helen. I left this number with the Wilson. Their boy is very sick. Here, I'll write the Wilson telephone number on your notepad. 189. 189. Yes, and have Mrs. Oates call me there if you need me. Now, if you'll go to the door with me, I'll take it as a sign that, that you forgive me. Ah, it's a wretched night. But the rain's over. Nod, yes. Smile, Helen, please. Smile. (laughs) That's better. Thank you. Thank me. Now, be sure and lock the door, won't you? And don't open it for anyone but me. But before he went... Good night, Helen. He kissed me. He kissed me. He wants me to come away with him. He kissed me. How was it long ago in the Bible, in the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's? My beloved spoke and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away with me. For lo, the winter is past. It's a wretched night. The rain's over. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, and the time of singing has come. Arise, my love, and let me see thy countenance. He loves me. Let me see thy he countenance. Loves me. Let me hear thy voice. Voice. For sweet, sweet is thy voice, and thy countenance is comely. Voice. Let me hear voice. thy voice. Let me hear thy voice. Let me hear thy voice. Hush, daughter. Hush. Dr. Perry has been gone almost an hour, and now a second bitter quarrel in the house, Stephen in Blanche's room next to mine. Raising their voices, Stephen, Blanche crying, Stephen taunting her, laughing at her. Find her in my room. 
Especially the professor. Crying, my dear Blanche, <laughs> makes no impression on me, whatever. I like to see women cry. It makes me feel so superior. I'm not going on with you anymore, Stephen. We can't hide our feelings from the professor any longer. Just why should we hide our feelings from my stepbrother? Oh, I forget you did have a certain interest in him. You are a pig. How, Blanche? Get out. I'm leaving tonight. The better to wash my hands of you. As you wish, Blanche. But you'll regret this. I honestly think you're going to regret this most seriously. Blanche has left her room and gone down to get her suitcases out of the cellar. I'd be afraid to go down there alone. It's very dark in the cellar. There's a spiral staircase that goes round and round into the dust and the damp and the darkness. Round and round into darkness. Oh, I'm sorry if I disturbed you, Helen. Do you know where Blanche is? Blanche? Isn't she up from the cellar yet? Helen, I'm speaking to you. You please find Blanche. I want her to take some dictation in my study. At once. Spiral staircase. Going round and round. Down into darkness. Into the dark. The damp. Shadows. Blanche. Where's Blanche? It's been almost an hour. Blanche! Dead! Murdered! Who could have... Stephen. Dead? Nod, yes, yes, nod, yes, 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 dead, yes. All right. Better let me handle this, Helen. Do you understand what I mean? I could dash for the door. Helen, answer me. Do you understand what I say? Dash for the door. Open it. Slam it. Bolt it outside. Helen! 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 Helen, what happened? You're terrified. Pencil. Lost pencil. Pencil. Are you trying to... Pencil? You're right. Right. Yes, Right. Blanche? Yes, M-U-R-D-E-R. Helen, in heaven's name, are you... Do you know who did it? S-T-E-P-H-E. Yes. Of course. Why does he say of course? Helen, where is Stephen now? Locked in cellar. Oh. Helen. Why does he look at me like that? Helen. Look there. In the mirror. Mirror? Go on, look at yourself, Helen. Why does he do this? You see, Helen? You have no mouth. No mouth? I know what he means, but why should he say it so cruelly? No mouth, Helen. And in all this world, there's no room for imperfection. He's so strange. We're alone, Helen. Mrs. Oates is very drunk because I purposely let her steal a bottle of brandy when we went downstairs before. My stepmother is helpless in her bed. You have just locked Stephen in the cellar. Blanche is dead. He 
He is the killer. Blanche, whom I loved and who betrayed me with Stephen, is dead. Or I killed her. He's mad. What a pity father didn't live to see me become strong, to see me dispose of the weak and the imperfect in this world. Escape. I put on these leather gloves. Where? Father would admire me for what I'm about to do. I know. The gun. The gun in Mrs. Warren's room. Escape. I'm not so imperfect as he thinks. I run, run like the wind, climb the stairs to Mrs. Warren's room like a cat, slam the door and bolt it in his face. Gun, pad and pencil. Right, gun. Wake up, Mrs. Warren. Wake up, wake up. Oh, please, wake up. Her eyes are opening. Now, read. Gun, the gun. Where is the gun? Gun? What gun? She knows where the gun is. She must know. Oh, it's no use. It's no use. She's drugged or poisoned. Someone's at the door downstairs. Someone's outside. The professor will have to answer. And then I can steal downstairs again, down the spiral staircase, free Stephen, get Stephen to help me. Yes! Round and down, down and round, into the darkness. Into the shadows. Softly. Softly. Soft. A foot. I saw a shoe draw back into the shadows under the last spiral. Professor. Waiting. Turn. Softly. Go back. Softly. Step. Step. And run! Helen, I want to help you! Stop! Thank God, Mrs. Warren, at the top of the steps. Stop where you are! Mrs. Warren! Both of you! She has a gun. Why does she point it at both of us? Mother? No, only your stepmother, whom your father always taught never to waste a single shot. You murderer. It was you who killed all those girls. I thought it was Stephen. You always waited until Stephen came home to cast suspicion on him. Never waste a shot. Your father taught me. Never a shot. Helen, girl, better get me Dr. Perry. Number, please. Number, please. Hush, daughter. Hush. Number, please. You see, Helen, you have no mouth. You must leave this house, Helen. Let me see thy countenance. Let me hear thy voice. Number, please. You have no mouth. Let me hear thy voice. Number, please. Thy voice. No mouth. Thy voice. No mouth. Thy voice. No mouth. Thy voice. No mouth. Number, please. Number, please. One. Eight. Nine. Thank you. <gasps> 
Hello? Hello? Doctor. Perry. This is Dr. Perry. Who is this? It's me. Who? Helen. Helen? Oh, Helen, darling, what's happened? What? Wait, let me run over. Darling. He said, darling. My beloved spoke and said unto me, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away with me. Arise, and let me hear thy voice. Now, here again is tonight's star, Dorothy McGuire. Thank you so much. The part of the mute girl in the picture spiral staircase was a pretty frightening assignment until I found out my director was to be Robert Siadmak. Robert is a kind of super-talented elf who directs his pictures with a magnificent mixture of skill and gaiety. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like you to meet Robert Siadmak. Thank you, Dorothy. But I was listening to Sparrow's staircase tonight. I must make a confession. About what, Robert? Well, I thought it would be impossible to do a radio drama in which the central character was a girl without a voice. But it was done beautifully. Well, thank you. Good night. Good, Good night. night, everyone. Good night. Spiral Staircase was presented through the courtesy of RKO Radio Pictures, producers of that hilarious comedy, Bride for Sale, starring Claudette Colbert, Robert Young, and George Brett. Dorothy McGuire will soon be seen as the star of the 20th Century Fox production, Oh Doctor. Robert Siodmak's latest production for Universal International Pictures is Deported, starring Marta Torrin and Jeff Chandler. Included in tonight's cast were John Daner, Stephen Dunn, Georgia Backus, David Ellis, Jane Webb, Betty Moran, Jane Morgan, and Dan Riss. Spiral Staircase, based on a novel by Ethelina White, was adapted for radio by Milton Geiger, and original music was composed and conducted by Henry Russell. Screen Director's Playhouse is produced by Howard Wiley with dramatic direction by Bill Karn. This is Jimmy Wallington speaking and inviting you to listen again next week when we present Screen Director's Playhouse, star Edward G. Robinson, production All My Sons, director Irving Reese. Stay tuned for Bill Stern and the Sports Newsreel on NBC. And that's the Screen Director's Playhouse with a spiral staircase starring Dorothy McGuire from November 25th, 1949. It's heard on NBC. Stick around. More of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Do you love classic radio shows? The Jack Benny Program. X-1. Suspense. Now you can receive 10 classic radio shows on five CDs every month by joining the Classic Radio Club. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club so fans can receive the best of the best from my library each and every month. Join now and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs, a $39.95 value for only $4.99. Then every month, I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows and mail them 
up to you on five CDs. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com to join and receive your first ten Classic Radio shows on five CDs for only $4.99. That's ClassicRadioClub.com or call toll-free 888-642-6556. That's 888-642-6556. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Well, next time, it's Suspense, starring Larry Parks from 1958. Then is someone going to murder George Burns? We'll find out on part one of the Burns and Allen show. That's next time here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.